1: Hello, welcome to Rugby Jubbly Pod. Another week. That's that's my best start so far. By the way, it was yeah, very, very certain very good. and very. Definite. That's
2: I. because uh, I didn't interrupt you like I'm doing now. Episode ten. Of rugby
1: oh my God! It is episode ten as well. Flying Brilliant! Along, yes. And along. how have you? Oh, we should introduce ourselves as well. I am, if you haven't heard before, yes. I'm Hal Cruttenden, and uh, Dan Skinner is the other great rugby. Dan Skinny, Skinny, skinny. Skin, Skinner. Skinny, and Crutt.
2: How Crutt? Cruttenden. <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got a I've got a low voice today, so um,
1: you know, I I'll be I'm sounding silky, chocolatey. I went chocolatey. and did this charity thing. Uh, I went online it was a thing with these American comics and they were really lovely. And they're sort of doing a, a, a nonstop comedy broadcast of kind of, you know, shooting the shit and all that. You oh know, really? Just general well, like chatting. A 24 hour thing. Yeah. And I went off about an hour and a half and I just, it wasn't very funny. It was okay, but I was, I, know, I, but you, went, I reckon you would have spoken guy.
2: so much how that you would have said at least 20 things that were funny.
1: I Th- think, Th- thank, I think you. thank you. <laughs> I, <laughs> That's you a done. very barbed compliment. No, I no, did. it's not. I still get excited, so excited by America. I still, yeah, I do, sort of, I do. Yeah, I still just love it. It's still, it, it, it is still like meeting a famous person is going to America or talking. Have you performed in America? How? Never. That was my. Well, I've, mm. I, I've done loads in Canada. Have you done have um, you? Montreal? I have stuff? never done any gigs outside of the UK. Oh, I just really, don't you've never done Australia possible? or New Zealand. Never. I've never oh, done anything anywhere. Talking about world travel, because we didn't have any rugby to watch because we're not Pro 14 fans uh, and there's no premiership mm. matches. No, and I mean, even Sa- although, although we should be, it is a brilliant league. To get some rugby, because even Sarries weren't playing Doncaster Knights, we went back to watch the Bledisloe Cup game. I think it was the first game of the Tri-Nations of 2000, known as the game of the century, Australia against New Zealand from the year 2000. Can
2: I just say is known as the game of the century, and they coined that phrase fairly quickly after it was played, and it was played in the year two thousand. So it's like exactly. one of was... the first games of the century. So yeah, you know, it's, it's quite high. You know, it's it's a it's a they're getting
1: out of the blocks early with that one, aren't they? Exactly. But the I century. think they were proved. They were sort of proved right. They weren't they? Hmm. Because I can't think of any many games that are better than this. If I just think if you ever forget why you love rugby and you don't you think oh I'm a bit fed up with it watch the first 10 minutes yeah. of this game yeah well it I, I the-
0: no,
2: I said th- but I think that's I I agree with that I agree with what you said but it's not that it's the fact that it's you have to watch the game in its entirety because the first 10 minutes you just think well New Zealand is just running away with this but that's not the case it's it, not but the it case. Turns, it's incredibly with- competitive
1: yeah, and the Australians score within that ten minutes as well. I think at about ten minutes they scored their reply. Do you know at eight and a half minutes, I I saw a, oh, there was a stat in the game down the minute to minute, haven't you? Eight and a, no, eight Is and a all... half minutes in possession for Australia one percent, <laughs> New Zealand's ninety nine percent. you got they these just had stats. all the ball for the first eight and a half minutes. Can
2: I just ask you a question though? Can I just ask you a question? Yeah, like the the, the game. The game, it's it is a different game, isn't it? Even even twenty years ago, it's a different game than it is now. But I can't quite put my finger on why it's different. There's there, it's it's just played, it's just played slightly differently. How, what do you did? Did you agree? Did the you agree shirts with that, are or slightly
1: think- looser. <laughs> the, sh- the, the shirts are slightly more attractive on the forwards because they just I knew hang that better. You'd say that. I was going to mention the um, shirts, but I think the tackling is not as is not as hard. The tackling it's is not, not is as it? aggressive. No, it's not political. the knock back tackling. It's yeah. not the stop yeah. a man driving back. There's very there's and also, I less think of the, that.
2: The influence of rugby league hadn't quite made its way in at that point. You can see you can see you know like now where like they've got they've got two options to pass. Mm. So the fly the the scrum half will pass the fly half and the fly half then creates two options to pass so he can either pass behind him to the sort of secondary line or yeah. go that oh line. yes and there, yes. there's none of that is that there's none of that is
1: that a rugby league thing that two yes lines? rugby
2: league it's oh. a rugby league and the rugby league defenses you know which was that sort of just brick wall defense um yeah just wasn't it wasn't there then.
1: There are so many amazing things about this game. First of all, it mattered. This result, it, it, yeah. it's not just a good game because people are going, hey, let's chuck it about a bit and play some good rugby. This was a game that really mattered, as every Australia-New Zealand game does. First game of the Tri-Nations, Australia were world champions from 99. There was a real, yes. there was just pressure on this. And it was the, also, the, we, did, we mentioned it was a world record crowd, 109,874. Do you know the name of that stadium? Thanks for writing called... down the numbers How Thank, yeah, Thank God well, for that. Thank God for that. Thank God you We did. made the point before we started recording, we made the point that I like to make lots of notes. It makes me feel <laughs> secure. Um, <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happier just winging it. I like feeling like it's a proper job, this, instead of just us arsing around. Mm, I agree. Um, what, would you, what, what do you think the name of that stadium is? Um,
2: oh, that's a great question. It's not the Telstra, is it? No, that's that's. Um...
1: Well, that's I heard three names for it. I've and I've looked it up online. Sydney, Sydney Olympic Stadium, Telstra Stadium, or Stadium Australia. Yeah, maybe it's like Millennium Stadium,
2: Principality Stadium. Yeah, exactly.
1: Stadium. Exactly. Because why is Telstra? Is
2: that a, is that, a, is that, a, that must be must have been a sort of company or something? It's broadband internet
1: company, Australia's oh, the largest mobile. So it's like it's like the O two. It's not just the game really mattered. The stadium was massive. Uh, and a huge crowd, and Australia were the world champions. So many great players. Uh, yeah, jo- jo- Jonah Lomu, really. like George Gregan, Tarzan. Legends, legends. Yeah. yeah. Larkham,
2: Mertens. Larkham um, and Gregan are, I mean, well, it, 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 it was amazing going back and watching um, Larkham play because he's just a little, slight, skinny little thing, wasn't he? He could have played in in that barbarians game and he would have looked out of place
1: in that game did you think it was the best game you'd ever seen do you think it was the game of the century
2: it it is a terrific game it's really for all for all the for the context as well you know world champions and and also it had Jonah (laughs) Lomu playing in it and and that it's funny Jonah Lomu because you you remember him and you go oh well he's a he was a big fast winger Mm. and now by the by the standards of today you go well he would have just been another big fast winner, winger I think but when you watch him play you go no there was something very unique about him there was so, I mean he was big but he was so fast
1: and exactly he had, and he and he you just couldn't knock him over he was so good and so skillful, and I mm. th- and you also. You think he? I don't know how many caps he won. Think how many he'd have won if he hadn't had his kidney I problem.
2: But also, I, I mean, I'm just looking at his physique as well because now you see the big win, the big wingers, mm. um, and they 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 look like they've been in the weights room, and mm. he just looked naturally big but didn't look like he had been sort of pumping iron. Yeah. So he, everything about his physique was natural. He just naturally very fast, a very, very upright runner, and just the legs. And that thing he did when anyone came towards him to tackle him, where he just bashed into them with the a yeah. with his quad and his... I mean, imagine that. And there was one tackler, one New Zealand, one Australian tackler, that literally just jumped on him at one stage jumped on and just engulfed him to pull him down and you just think well you've got to do whatever you
1: got to do he was he was a great great player to watch this is what gets me about this game is the psychology of these two teams I think it wasn't just they were great the fact that the fact that New Zealand scored like three tries in the first seven to eight minutes and Australia still came back and still scored, and then Australia yeah. came back. And by halftime, you thought this is Australia's to win. It was twenty-four all, but Australia had all the momentum. They came back from twenty-four yeah, nil down. That's exactly what I to thought to come back. So that the belief of Australia is to do that, and then to come out as New Zealand and still come back again. I know. And that just your, I mean, I don't, as a player, Real as a fan, I tend to give up. I mean, I, 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 I don't ever leave, <laughs> but psychologically, I start to give up. I start to prepare for loss. Uh, this is from watching England in the eighties a lot. Well, they were just yeah, very bad. It's interesting what you say about that because whenever England play New
2: Zealand, we we could be we could be fifteen points up and there's two minutes left, and I'm still yeah. nervous. I'm still going, mm, yeah, but they we could lose this. We could lose this, exactly. and it's only when the final whistle has blown that you go, okay, we won. Yeah, I think that's it. I read Richie McCaw's. Have you ever read Richie McCaw's book? His um, no, his autobiography it's a good one because it gives you an insight into the new zealand mindset and it's literally yeah. like there's no way we're going to lose there is n- that's why they 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 for like in 2007 final i think it was um when they could have taken a drop goal in the last sort of 10 minutes to beat france or something they said he said it didn't even come into our mind to do that it just it, we hadn't even planned for it to take a drop goal in the last like five minutes, it's always about scoring tries and we always think
1: we'll score more tries than the opposition. And I've got to say that their Haka in 2000 was a lot more impressive than the 73 one, even though it ended with the little jump in the air, but still they managed to do it in a manly way. But
2: then um, Australia counter with Waltzing Matilda.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you know what? Waltzing Matilda makes me feel better because I don't like Swing Low, Sweet Chariot and I think Waltzing Matilda is a shit song. It's, a, it's a, stupid, a really shit oh, song and, it's, and it's, it's hardly going to inspire the troops, is it? Yeah, all it's rubbish. And it's material, all like, oh, with his billabong. <laughs> and it's all that <laughs> thing of, aren't we crazy? We've got a funny name for this. Oh, look, it's another funny Aussie thing. It's that desperation to mark themselves out as a nation as we are. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting yeah. on a rant now, but well, I can't, yeah. can't bear. Countries that think they're a little bit cute. Oh, we got he's got his tacker box. Oh, whatever, I Who? do. It was just all this stuff. And they went, oh, how interesting. I don't understand what, what they're talking about. Have um, you
2: have you heard that joke? about australia and which which we can include or not but this is the joke because what's the difference between australia and uh, an open pot of yogurt if you leave a pot of yogurt on its own open for 200 years it develops a culture
1: (laughs) 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 we've got off on things but i think we've we've sort of covered this game haven't we i just had other technical things like the breakdown was different
2: and the breakdown just wasn't as quick. So you wouldn't get your first tackler going in and tackling and then straight back up on his feet trying to compete with the ball. Yeah, it yeah. was it or somebody was jumping, or somebody, in. yeah, straight in with him. There wasn't the same contest. You can take these games out of context and go, well, that's what all games were like back then. Mm. And I'm sure this is one of those games where you go, well, no, this is quite special. There's loads of sort of close quarters getting through gaps, popping, popping, popping. Just again, just a bit more space that you just don't seem to have now. The defences are so watertight.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. But I just wondered maybe they were just a bit more special, though. That's particularly that Australian the backs. The Australian Mm -hmm. backs were fantastic. I think it was. I think that probably is the best rugby match I've ever seen. I think. Mm. I think that Mm. could. I. It's it's cleaner and more skillful than the '73 game. It's almost the perfect.
2: Yeah. No, you're right because there's there's. There was a lot of dropping the ball in the seventy I mean it, that yeah. that game is superb for just for different reasons. It's hard to compare them, I would say. I think it's
1: unfair well, to all, do that because the, the game had changed so much. But it's close all the way. It's the whole way that it goes back yeah, and oh, forth. Yeah, and lead switches yeah. hands. And the last try is amazing. The tame Rand I don't know if it's Randall or Randall. Rand Randall does the little overhead pass. It's a beautiful little pass mm. to, to put in uh, Lomu. So I uh, anyway, so go back and watch that if we continue to have very little rugby.
2: OK, so it's now time for part two of our interview with legendary Scottish rugby captain David Soul. Take it away.
1: Now, how old were you when you became Scotland captain? You were quite young, weren't you? Uh, 25, 20, 20,
3: 25, 26, something like that. I
1: mean, yeah. was it some... This, I'm fascinated by leadership. Um, as I said, I've been a born follower all my life. And I've, I'm fascinated by people who want it, or people who are good at it. Do you think it's something that you naturally have or do you think it's something that you can develop? Don't you have a company now that you, where you help train CEOs or something? You, you give yeah. them advice. Is that about leadership? <clears throat>
3: it, it is, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've been working with leaders for the last 20 years or so now, firstly as, a, as an executive coach and and also running mm. programmes for aspiring business leaders. I mean, and I suppose the whole principle of that is that, um, you know, undoubtedly you, you come across people who are truly inspiring and who are born leaders. But, you know, we believe that it, it's something that you can learn and develop. And um, you know, these are skills that you, you, know, you can master uh, if you think about it. And you know, I think the the really phenomenal leaders are the ones who perhaps don't reflect on it or just do it intuitively, do it naturally. Um, but for most of us, we have to think about it and, uh, and perhaps learn about it and, and then deploy it, hopefully, uh, by trial and error. And you know, over time, you kind of hope
1: that you get it right. I I must when I was reading uh, in the book The Grudge, you are the sort of the, the the quite quietly spoken leader, aren't you? You're not a shouter and a you know. So because it's just it, the way Jim Telfer was portrayed as the coach of being the man who destroys people, and you were just a softly spoken kind of just didn't you know didn't say things when you didn't have to. Sort of is is that what you were like? You were, you were, did yeah, do you ever lose your cool with the team? Did you ever go?
3: A, well, uh, I mostly lose my cool with referees. Lead so by my, my final match, um, Lead by example. we were playing Australia in, in at Ballymore, and, and I was slightly uh, distressed with the way that the referee was <laughs> not refereeing the line-outs. The, the Aussies were climbing all over. So I, was, I got my forwards in and I said, right, next line-out, if, line, if anyone touches you just turn around and whack the, you know, whoever's standing next to you. Mm. And everyone said, I nice, said, okay, okay, so later I will do that. We'll do that. <laughs> uh, and, you know, went up to the next line I said, right, okay, got to lead by example. So, you know, and of course, it, Rod McCaw was leaning on John Eels or whoever it was, mm. you know, climbing all over everyone. So I shut my eyes and I started swinging as hard as I possibly could. <laughs> Didn't connect with anyone or anything. Um, and, and eventually the referee blew his whistle. And, and Phil Kearns, who was, I'd been on a, a World 15 tour, and said, Sol, are you all right, mate? <laughs> and I looked around and all my guys were sort of standing there watching what I was doing, you know. So, and, and so clearly my leadership was, was fundamental. So, so I, th- I think it's, you know, it is about you know, choosing the right approach for the right situation. Sometimes you do need to lose your cool. Sometimes you do need to um, you know, lay down the law, bang bang the table. But but that wasn't my default style, um, uh, you know. I think it's trying to be a little bit more cerebral about it and say the right thing at the right time. And you know, you don't have to be a tub thumper. I'm, I'm much more sort of stiletto rather than claymore. I think.
1: Yeah. Do you have a, if it go, if the Lions tour goes ahead very quickly? Sorry, Dad. I will let you in, in a sec. If the Lions. If the Lions tour goes ahead, do you think, do you have a tip for who you think should be Lions captain? Um, I I mean, I think
3: the Lions captain doesn't have to come from one of the Current captains, in in, in mm-hmm. my view, you know, I think someone like Mario Toji would be an outstanding uh, Lions captain. Uh, you know, I think Ian McGeehan picked Martin Johnson because he wanted the South African Lions in '97, the South African captain, to look up to someone when he was tossing the coin. <laughs> um, and I think you know, someone like Mario Toji would have the the respect and command the respect of everyone around him. and, and you know, you, I don't know the man, but he, he gives the impression of being you know, one of these guys who's totally committed and, uh, you know, he has stepped into that lion's shirt and really assumed that responsibility incredibly well. Um, so, you know, I, I think he, he might be a, a, a candidate. I think it's going to be a terrific um, tour and if it goes ahead. And, um, mm. you know, I think there's lots of candidates who could, who could step into that role and do a terrific job.
2: Um, David, I just wanted to ask, um, like, when you when you won the Grand Slam in nineteen ninety, before before that, so nineteen eighty nine, I think you'd come second in the championship with England, and then you'd been on that Lions tour, and you'd obviously won that, and you were first choice prop, and then so those were good years, and then nineteen ninety could be considered a perfect year. What? How do you where do you go from there after you've done that so how do you motivate yourself to go right come on let's let's do this again or is or is motivation just not a factor when you play international rugby?
3: I guess my, my approach to it was i I played rugby for recreation it was my, it was the thing I did for fun and I made a sort of promise to myself that, that that I would always carry on doing it so long as I was enjoying it and I got to the point after you know in the in the 91 season uh where it was becoming a bit of a grind you know it was becoming quite hard work and we we had the world cup in the autumn of 1991 and then we had a six uh, five nations coming up then we had a tour to australia at the end and and it was it was a really long season and I, I suppose literally just started with a family my first son was born in 1989 my second uh, daughter was born in 1990 and we had this sort of long season ahead and, and trying to build a career as well and I worked for United Distillers which was the spirits company of Guinness at the time you know, trying to do well there all of those other pressures um made it quite tough to sort of get everything in balance and so I I said look, said to myself look I'm if i if i'm still enjoying it, it'll be great uh, i suppose i might have been a potential candidate for the lions in 93 um Potentially as captain, uh, Big Gav got that honour. Um, so uh, halfway through the season, I thought, I you know, this is this is becoming a real bind, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm not enjoying it." So actually, let's try and turn your attention somewhere else. Uh, and so that was the decision that I made, um, and it, it was you know to focus on family and and career, which un- had undoubtedly taken second place up to that point. It must be a tough drug to kick, though, international rugby. Um. I, you know, I still have nightmares, well, dreams, nightmares about being picked for Scotland and having two weeks to get fit to play an international, which and, and, I wake up in a cold sweat, you know, which is so it doesn't. It never leaves you. It never leaves you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you Amazing. mentioned your kids there um, and all of the girls. <laughs> sorry, I was thinking this was what I was going to ask you, because my dad played for Nottingham University, a couple of games for Rosslyn Park, and I was still overawed at his achievements. He retired at about 21. I could never match them. All your kids are sports. <clears> have <throat> You've got two of your sons of uh, Scotland cricket team. Um, your daughter's Gem has played for the netball team. You've got another son uh, Jamie played is a rugby player. Played he did play for Newcastle Falcons didn't he? And he's. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was it? What did they? Like being the children of David Soul in a sports arena, or what, was it an added burden that people were going that's that's David Soul's kid, or did that was it a help? What do you think? Do you think there's a? You'd have to ask them. How yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs> could you um, get them on? Could yeah, you call them? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's
3: it's funny. So I mean, they, they've been asked that question, sort of what what's it, what's it like to have your dad as. Uh, as who played rugby and Mm. they said, well, I don't know. I've never had any other dad, you know, and, and all I've tried to do is, is be supportive of them and and encourage them to do whatever, um, they wanted to do. So, you know, whether it's sport or, um, drama or, you know, Chris, my uh, middle boy won a, won a uh, prize for ballet, you know, when he was young. (laughs) So, um, so, you know, they've all, they've all found their own ways in sport and, um, all we did was try to encourage them to, to to try as many different sports as they possibly could. And if they really got passionate about one, then that was fantastic. And, you know, they they all found their own ways into um, different sports. And, you know, we, we were there to, to try and help and support and encourage them and, and you know, take great pride uh, in watching them play and represent their, their country and various other things. Um I, yeah and and you know Chris was lucky enough to play an incredible match in two thousand and eighteen when Scotland beat England at cricket, so
1: <laughs> Yeah. My, my my wife is irish i still remember the time ireland beat england and it was a it was a one day match and i'm not a massive cricket fan and she went oh ireland are playing england and i went no no you don't understand they're not going to win <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly yeah. the game they yeah. won yeah. but it was like but no, i i it i'm fascinated by sort of children of players and things because uh, what, what was I, what game was I? it was something like bath and wasps or something it was a game you look at the number of players in a premiership match on the field you can there was a de glanville yeah. tom de glanville yeah. play um there's uh, yeah, yeah there's michael yeah. Liner's son at, at yeah. um yeah. where's Harlequin's. Harlequin's. At Harlequin's, yeah. there's kids all over the place aren't they? J- jacob Umaga is ta- is it ta- is it um Tana Umaga's nephew right is it, yeah. yeah is that the old all blacks captain I can't, what was yeah, his name yeah, yeah, was yeah. yeah um but there's but there's relations all over the place and it must ha- maybe it helps with your outlook cuz it gives you that attitude of of uh you know, of knowing sort of what world you're going into, rather than probably being awed by yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think I think you know it, it was very different. You know, and, and I think for a lot of the guys
3: whose kids are coming through now, if their dads played in the amateur era, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to offer a great deal of advice about how to how to live in the professional world uh, mm. because it is so different. Um, You know, th- th- I suppose a few guys would cross over. So, so Gavin, I, g- I guess played what ni- 95. To, I can't remember whether went on. I did. He did, did go on after that uh, a little bit. But um, you know, so Adam Hastings would have yeah. would have, would I, I guess have a, a few words. But but I, I get the impression that, and I think you have to be quite single minded in many respects. That, that you know, all these kids would have their own views and perspectives. Certainly, mm. you know, my ability to to give any advice to my youngest, Tom, who's uh, you know, had five years at Northamptonshire playing cricket, is non-existent. So, mm. <clears throat> you know, all, all you can do is <clears throat> offer offer your, your sort of support and, um, you know, whether that's financial
2: or moral, it, it's sort of uh, yeah. that's pretty much all you can do, really. I asked this question of Lewis Moody with regards to the World Cup last week, so I shall ask you, you the last time the Grand Slam Scotland won the Grand Slam was 1990, Um, would you like it to stay that way (laughs) to preserve your legacy or are you happy for uh, a new generation of Scottish players to come along and just um, you know and do the job I I would be absolutely delighted for a
3: new generation of Scottish players to come and do do the job you know uh, you know it's We do have a tendency in Scotland to look back rather than look forward. And, uh, you know, I'm a person who likes to look forward and I would love to see this group of players do well. And, uh, um, you know, when uh, Greg Laidlaw became the most capped Scottish captain, it was fantastic, you know, for, for him to take the, the record that I had for, for such a, you know, such a long time. And, and, and i was surprised it lasted as long as it did, given the number of games that are played nowadays. So, um, you know, I think it's great that, that, that these things get... You know, taken over and, and pushed pushed into the into the archives which is where they belong you can dust them off once in a while but not every not every year please
1: <laughs> I think also yeah. but but I think nobody in you know in terms of record stuff I think 1990 will always be so memorable because for, it was from reading that book all those things came together it was I think it was the first season Flower of Scotland was sung wasn't it? on the first right, yeah. and of there had been the political backdrop of the poll tax but I don't know how much yeah because it was also <laughs> in England, that was also in England's problem it was the first it was the first year when they weren't doing the home nations playing football so nobody could put all their effort into the mm. in the football so so I do I think you will always be a legend um <laughs> it, it, that's, that's very actually, kind of you Hal thank and you it, on a completely personal question was it nineteen? 19- When were you at Bath? So I I was at University
3: in Exeter and I went up to Bath with Richard Hill, who joined. So I played at Bath
1: from sort of 83, 84 to 87. So was, was there a John Player Cup final in 85 you were in? Was it uh, was it Bath played in that or my being... yeah Bath played
3: Bath played so they won it for the first year in 84, um, 85. was it London
1: uh, Welsh in eighty four It wasn't London Welsh it, yeah yeah I, I it was there been... Sorry, I just yeah. I've got the program in my toilet. I just <laughs> oh <laughs> I've got excited and knocked my mic. No, I just remember. I just I'm going to go and look at it after this because I have I, th- I have old I programs. And I was going because uh, I used to play at London Welsh at that time as a kid and uh, and I was at that final. And we didn't have. Any, we didn't think we were going to win but I, I just was thinking I've forgotten whether you were in that team or not but I will go in now and I,
3: no. I wasn't in that team no oh. I, I I only played in
1: 87 so I played oh, against the Wasps oh. in 87 yeah oh okay so that's all my excitement ruined <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but, but I, I saw was in the, you I, saw, awesome
1: I did see you play at Twickenham so I, I saw you play for Scotland David so I am a fan <laughs> no. okay thank you <laughs>
2: Dave, can I just ask about the 1991 World Cup semi Quarterfinals. That was against England, wasn't it? Up in Murrayfield. Semi-finals
3: was uh, it was the semi-finals. Semi-final that
2: was it. And and Gavin unfortunately missed that kick, didn't he? Right in front of the posts. Yeah. I mean that was that was that was only to make it nine all, wasn't it? No, that would have made it. I think nine three in our
3: favour. Yeah. Yeah. We must.
2: Yeah, can no, we no, get yeah, him no, on to our? And it that, wasn't, that? And
3: it wasn't long ago, was there? <laughs> oh, there was. There was still. A, there was still a, still a good while to go. I, do, do you know? There's. there's sometimes I you pl- watching that. You play games, and you know you're going to win the game. Uh, and and I guess 1990 was one of those days when, when you you kind of felt it was your day, and mm. no matter what was going to happen, uh, you were going to win. So even when Jerry scored that you know, great try uh, after half time, we, we felt we could come back. Um, 1991 was one of those days where you thought, Uh, it's England's day today you know we're not going to be able mm. to, to to ambush them again and no matter what you know I think if Gavin had kicked back, I don't think it would have made any difference to the to the final outcome mm. they they kind of knew exactly how to beat us that day and you know I think if they played the same way against Australia as they played against us they they would have um, stood a better chance of winning winning the World Cup but um,
2: didn't they they completely change their game plan didn't yeah. they for the yeah. final it yeah, g-
3: yeah it, was, it was bizarre is
1: that, uh, that, isn't, hmm. that, isn't there a famous story Will Carling tells about that game, that, that World Cup semi-final? That they were all they didn't feel, feel they played that well against Scotland and they were all feeling a bit low and then someone came in and went, Gavin Hastings just cried on television and they all cheered up enormously. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that was when Gavin <laughs> Hastings cried in the interview. And just, I mean, I, I love that. I love players actually going, oh, yeah, I just messed up. Um, anyway, we must try and get him on to ask him about that again and relive it. Oh, God. What yeah. happened with the kick? <laughs> yeah. Are you still mates with Will Carling?
3: I am. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, I just, yeah. do. Do you know why? I, I mean, it's 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 I say a relative recent friendship. You know, when when I played against him, I couldn't be doing with the guy at all. Really? You know, it was a real arrogant cocksure type of individual, and um, and it was only sort of ten years after <clears throat> that, that that we finished playing, or you know, maybe two thousand when I was down that we started sort of getting together and um, you know became from you know good friends. And uh, yeah, no,
1: I, I, I'm sort of in touch with him pretty regularly. Oh, cool. No, my my sister, my older sister was at, did was on the same course as, as him at Durham in right. the 80s. And I just remember she tells, well, first of all, she tells a story that I don't even know is true, that he asked her out and she turned him down. Now, if that's true, my dad and I were furious for years because we thought there was <laughs> tickets in this, you know, we could have had if they could have had a relationship. But, um, but also he apparently played so much rugby at Durham and apparently this is true. He walked into the psychology section of the library and just said very loudly, has anybody got any notes on anything in the last three years? Because finals were coming up. <laughs> <laughs> he just played rugby all that time. But yeah. Uh, this is a great, great
3: story about Big Gav, actually, um, mm. which may or may not be true. I'll tell you anyway. But he, he did a, his first degree in land economy at Paisley Technical College mm. and <clears throat> went to, to Cambridge to do a second degree in land economy. And uh, was struggling a little bit, but probably because he was playing similar amounts of rugby as, as Will played at Durham. Um, and in the final tutorial before the finals, uh, the, the tutor said, now Gavin, um, uh, there might be a question where this surveyor called Gavin has to go and survey a, a property and it, it sort of basically described all of the questions as in the exam uh, and in, in his final <laughs> tutorial. And, you know, Gav went off to finals, did the finals, and um, came up to his professor, or bumped into his professor and model the the next day and said, oh, Gavin, how how did you get on the exam? He said, oh, it was really tough. He said, what do you mean it was really tough? In our last tutorial, I I gave you all the questions. He said, it wasn't the questions I needed. It was the answers.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, God. (laughs) It's just oh, it's, there wasn't. Good. Is there still a history of that of people getting into Oxford and Cambridge basically to play rugby because they're great players? Although I, I actually think not, it's increased uh, at other uh, universities.
3: Yeah, not, I, I think not so much now. I think that uh, it certainly used to be. I I, I, I actually applied to Cambridge um, on that basis that so my my dad was at Cambridge <laughs> and um, so I you know, I thought that'd be quite quite cool to go there and i, and I applied to maudlin ultimately to do land economy but um it was a year where they changed their admissions tutor because they wanted to get rid of this reputation of you know
1: yeah,
3: only letting in rugby players and cricketers and sports people to do land economy and mm-hmm. um, because that particular college had the had the reputation that and that was the year that i applied so i didn't get in um but i did get a call in my final year i went to exeter and said and uh, i got a call from mark bailey who's Said, look, uh, do you fancy coming up to Cambridge to read land economy for two years? I said, no, three years of um, post, uh, yeah, is enough for me. Thank you. Well,
1: if it makes you feel any better, David, I failed my interview at Exeter, so um, (laughs) I ended up at York. Anyway, but um, (laughs) but then I did have no rugby skill at all. I think that was absolutely brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for this, David. No, that no was problem, just pleasure. Fa- you are the, Thanks for your time. You're the first Thanks, Scotsman pleasure. on our pod as well. <laughs> well honest, we still yeah. haven't had an Irishman, have we? We've had Welshmen and New Zealanders and, but, and lots, too many English. But thank you so much and, um, and good luck with everything. Thank you, thank you.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Brilliant, brilliant, David Sowell and his and his words of uh, words of wisdom. He had a quiet authority. So this week, England announced. Well, uh, Eddie Jones announced his squad for the Six Nations. Um, uh, a smaller squad than usual. It's twenty eight uh, with a shadow squad who will step in if other people have to pull out. Um, Dan, anything? Mm. What what jumped out to you? Max Malins jumped out
2: at me because I was. I literally. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. And I'm going, yeah, daily. Ollie, Ollie Lawrence, but Max Malins is a really and and Paolo um, a dog woo as well. I'm really yes. glad he's made it. That's um, that is brilliant. And I'm just looking at the new um, the new inclusions: Luke Kearney, Tom Garry, Bernell. Glad to see him in there. Johnny Hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bino Obiano, yeah. yeah. And also, I'm very very happy to see Mark Wilson back in there. He is a he's a yes. very underrated he, massive workhorse. He's one of those players that just puts his head down and like doesn't want any limelight
1: at all and he's he's like you know he's a massive grafter. Well, some people were saying oh maybe Jack Willis should have been in, you know the the wasps player yeah. that everybody's talking about. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah Mark Wilson Jack they're much for muchness really they're both similarly No, big I don't bruises. think so.
2: I don't think so. I, this is this is the thing. Like i was chatting to some friends about Jack Willis and what one of my friends is going he's amazing. He's got all these turnovers and all this but Eddie Jones that he he never looks at one aspect of a player's game. Like mm. all the turnovers are amazing but Mark Wilson's character and work rate is just yeah. it it's just, you know, that Those qualities, I think, he, he, you know, Eddie, Eddie likes a sort of a, a mongrel, a, you know, a, a, an international yeah. character. And that takes time to develop. Or, or some players have got it, like Toji has got it sort of instantly. Jack mm. Willis, the danger with him, I think, is, you know, everybody in the press going, oh, he definitely should be in the England side. If he starts believing that, you yeah. know, what that can do to a player's mentality is... Is quite, you know, it can go one of two ways. So I think Eddie Jones, not putting him in the squad, it it will reveal what sort of person and what sort of character he is, whether or not he is... Up for it, right? whether or not you can fight and get
1: in. And also I do think it's very tough to be a back row player yeah. trying to get in the England squad at the moment. Because mm. they've got such so much such an embarrassment of riches and so many different options. Like Ben Earl's made it in the team and he is just I was reading something, you know, he's he is the same speed as a winger. He's incredibly fast, yeah. Ben Earl, mm. And the fact he's he offers that sort of difference to you know, you bring him on with twenty minutes to go, half an hour to go, and he and it's a it's a different sort of game. But you just But he's just also
2: He's also incredible over the ball. Like
1: Jack Williams yeah. is
2: great over the ball, but Ben Earl's is also like he's at Olympic bang yeah. straight over the ball, he's and he strong. offers ball carrying, and he's a tackler, and he's just got that. He's got that in your face character.
1: Anyway, I bet you. I don't know. Yes. Eddie, he's playing with us because he's got these players that you think, oh, they're going to do really exciting things. I don't know if it, if it is going to be exciting or not. Is the if he's think-
2: not playing with this, he has to put them on the paddock and see how they see how they get on. That's you know, yeah. he, he can't you can't decide uh, you know a player's future until you've seen them until you've seen them perform. You know, it's like you can't become an England legend until you're an England legend. I remember I remember um um Andre Agassi once being asked about Tim Henman, and he'd won and not lost another semi-final, you know Wimbledon. Mm. And the, the commentator asked Andre, Andre Agassi, he said, um, "He said, do you think um, Tim Henman would will one day become a worthy Wimbledon champion?" And Andre Agassi just looked at him and said, "How can you become a worthy Wimbledon champion until you've become a worthy Wimbledon champion?" Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like you can't, like you can't ask me that. And it's the same. You yeah. you have to just put them. You have to put them out there and see how they get on,
1: you know? I mean, I I do really think it's time for people to... If England turn out and play like they did in the Autumn Nations Cup and they play boring, kicking, safe, safe, safe rugby, hmm. I think people should be getting angry. I think it's possibly for the third time in my career <laughs> I'll be calling for... In my career, Net-head. in my rugby fan career, I'll be f- calling for Eddie Jones to resign.
2: Look, we have to play within the context of the game, the current rules of the game. I know I keep saying this, but, you know... It, the, 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 um, the breakdown is being refereed inconsistently, so nobody wants the ball. That's the problem. This is why they're kicking it away.
1: My prediction for this Six Nations, by the way, is that England will try and play more interesting rugby because I think Eddie Jones is a more sensitive soul than he makes out. Anyway,
2: prediction for Six Nations? <sighs>
1: England will win it. Okay, I really like to think England will try things because I think there's nothing to lose. I don't care if they don't win the Six Nations that much. I, I don't like losing, but I think England fans would quite appreciate it if we really release... Are back like we see people running around put Ford at 10 Farrell at 12 um, bring in Ollie Lawrence uh, a dog woo I'd like Randall getting half an hour 20 minutes half an hour end of the game all those sorts of players Anthony Watson running in the corners of like that not so much high kicks and chasing mm. and also I think Elliot Daly will that sort of game will really suit Elliot Daly because I think he's I don't think I think he gets a lot of abuse when when we're playing a more boring game and you don't see how creative he is. Yeah, because he's always I think he's a, I'm a big fan of his. So um, brilliant! I think player. we'll play we'll probably play well. We'll probably lose. Well, in a surprise move, can I say I always want to say something that's shocking? Yeah, contrary. We'll lose yeah. away to we'll lose away to Wales, to even though it's a. Oh, we could lose to. Oh, that would be the dream. I think we lose to Italy. <laughs> oh a dog who cries. A dog who cries that I he hasn't cry. chosen I Italy. <laughs> Can oh you imagine? God. A dog who oh. comes on, plays against Italy, and they get thrashed yeah. by Italy. Oh, yeah. um, I think France, if they do play, will be brilliant. Um, I think Wales are going to be better than people expect. I think this is the beginning of the Wales fight back, is my theory. Anyway, we've got to get to the Lions. We are choosing our Lions second row now. We are. Which is apparently the most important position in a rugby team according to who gets paid the most in the premiership. Do you know that? Locks is it? Are, get locks are the or not get paid the most, but they're the most expensive players to buy. On average, someone did a chart Hell of who costs the most. It's a lock. Locks cost masses. Um, you know, the the least because they weigh the most. <laughs> it's not per pound, per pound of lock. That's <laughs> like oh, turkey for Christmas. Who are your second row for the Lions? Oh, mate. Well, I think
2: Maro Itoji, you can't look beyond him. Um, and after that, I would like to see Irishman Henderson.
1: James Ryan. James Ryan. Yeah, as I say, Henderson. I Ryan... <laughs> oh wait, no, Ian! Wait, Ian Henderson. He's the other, Ian Henderson is yeah. the Ulster, Henderson. Ulster player. Isn't he? Um, yeah. I like Ian Henderson. He's very, you very, know, yeah, he is good. But I think it'll be Itoje and Ryan. Um, I think you see. Mm. I think Itoje is the best player in the world at the moment. I think he's the most he's important player, player. Yeah. in the world. But I think you talk about your... like
2: um, like you did with Todd Blackadder saying he had that leadership. And he wasn't maybe a great player. I think Atoji has got both of those things. He's got leadership, enthusiasm, and he's an incredible athlete and a great, great player. I mean, I'm, but, like, are I going to put C next to Maro Otoji's name as well?
1: Does Maro Otoji definitely want to be captain? Does anybody ask? I, I mean, maybe he does. Of but I just think I wonder if there's of players who, like me, would of go. Of course. You, you know, like, is that you the nature Marrow, of being an international do you want player? Captain of
2: the Lions? No, thank you. Get it over.
1: No, but he. Must, no, but it's like actually, there's not many players I can think of that it does affect their form. I know in cricket it affects capt- no captains way, often. the you see what a leader
2: he is around the pitch. Anyway, it's uh, it's just going to be like it's just having a, a a label next to his name. You have to do some uh, media interviews. But it's not going to make any difference because oh, he is a captain a, on a no, pitch. But it, anyway. tra- it attracts. It attracts. And a you should have you. a forward. You should have a for- and, and he can handle it. If anyone can handle it, Maro Atouji could handle
1: it. I just can't see if they go with the Maro Atouji, Alan Win Jones. In Alan Win Jones yeah, well, does go, a, I can't which imagine. I don't think he will. Yeah, no. But if he does, then I think he has to be captain. So I think yeah, we're so it's probably a Toje. No, so you say a Toje Henderson. I think Joe Launchbury's brilliant. And yeah, should he go is. on the Lions too He's a, one of the but most I don't unlucky players. A, it seems to have, it, I know, I agree. He looks it, a bit rough. He, That's the thing. Joe Launch doesn't he, look Joe Launchwood like looks he, like he's got
2: a baby's face, but this enormous, like, hulking body.
1: Courtney Laws could do it. In terms of other players that might be a surprise, Will Rowlands, everybody seems to like, don't they? This Welsh player at Wasps yeah. is very, very good. I would personally yeah. like to see Jake Ball. I love yeah. him because of I love his face. He mm-hmm. looks like the dwarf in Lord of the Rings. I don't really know enough about locks as well, so I'd go Itoje and Ryan. You're going. You're being a bit crazy and going Itoje and Henderson, who is, is very good. <laughs>
2: crazy, I'm nuts. So, we've been contacted on Twitters by...
1: Um, Yes, he does a podcast, doesn't he? Hal? he does a thing on a Saracens podcast, which is brilliant. And yeah. um, so they're into all things, yeah, all things Saracens, and they have a chat about it. And 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 well, he was listening really...
2: to our podcast, which is very kind of him. And he was listening to our yeah. chat about the Barbarians New Zealand nineteen seventy three game, and he had a lovely couple of stories. One of which was he saw Gareth Edwards do a dinner where he tells the story of the you know the the, the famous try. Um, And Gareth said, even though there was only 45,000 people in attendance, he reckons there were 4 million people in there as well. Because wherever he goes in the world, he meets a Welshman who says he was there. I was there. (laughs) I was there. But this one this one was great the best stories he's ever heard is about phil bennett turning up for the first meet of the 1974 british lions where willie john mcbride comes up to him and says phil i haven't seen you since the bar bars game i just wanted to say how brilliant that try was and how you started it with those st- side steps and you own owned 22 amazing brilliant so phil says cheers skip <laughs> uh, and he starts to walk off only to be called back by willie john Uh, Yes, Skip, says Phil. Yes, Phil, one more thing, replies WJ. Yes, to which WJ replies, if you do that in the first test, I'll take your head
1: off your shoulders. (laughs) We don't know who we're having as a guest next week. We've had had some fantastic guests. David Soule, Lewis Moody. But I
2: just want to add as well, if you want to get in touch with any of your wonderful stories related to our podcast and what you may have heard um please email us at rugby at dot or contact us on a twitter at at Jubbly rugby or Instagram at Rugby Jubbly podcast next week the Premiership is back it returns, uh, I don't yeah. know
1: what games are on but let's hope let's Bristol Bears six go, games. whoever you're playing six
2: games six games so we'll be watching those we'll be analysing them Hal will be making notes in his new pad I'll be sort of winging it um, but it'll yeah. be worth listening to anyway so we'll see you next week on Rugby Jubbly see you next week and hopefully
1: Saris will be playing I'll have a report on their game as well
2: oh let's hope so yeah